This episode was brought to you by Manscaped. Check out the ultimate grooming kit everyone's talking about and take the next step to making sure you're looking fresh for the new year. Be sure to use our promo code RED5 for 20% off plus free shipping. Links below in the description. And we are back with more Book of Mandalorian because, of course, <laughs> uh, it... it oh, I, I, wrote, I wrote this on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but if, Bo, but if Book of Boba Fett has succeeded in one thing, it's, it's that it keeps reminding us why we should be watching Mandalorian instead. The um, it was quite jarring to have because it wasn't just a Mandalorian episode. It was a really exciting Mandalorian episode where a lot happened. Because Mandalorian in general is also a, a slow burn, but for a Mandalorian episode, this is a pr a lot happened, like a lot happened, and there's a lot of explanation and a lot of world building. Um, so, except it's not a Mandalorian episode; it's a it's a Boba Fett episode, right? So. It's kind of weird. So someone on my uh, my Discord page, um, they they brought something to my attention that I didn't. I don't know if this is legit, but I feel like it kind of might be. So hmm. they um, they uh, they basically said how when Book of Boba Fett was first announced, they swear that it was originally announced with like six episodes, not seven. So I'm wondering if maybe somewhere down the line when Book of Boba Fett was completed and, you know, the usual suspects, the execs, the higher-ups, when they binge the whole thing, they're like, yeah, this kind of sucks. We need something here to, you know, even this out a little. So, uh, so I'm wondering if they took Season 3, Episode 1 of Mandalorian, which was probably completed at the time, and just placed it in here and uh, mm -hmm. made it like a, a seven-episode series instead. Because that's, that's what it kind of feels say. like. That's hard to say. Now, I would say that they probably only have one of their ring filmer thingos. You know what I'm talking about? No, it's you know how they, that one. So, so, so you know how they they now film everything in a in a uh, 360 screen to do all of the the nature shots, right? They no longer go to Tunisia. To, to film them in the desert. They they film now on a stage that has um a 360 screen around them. Mm. So they 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 probably only have one of those. I doubt they've built two of them. And so they're probably, you know, so they film Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian on the same stage. So I doubt that they could they could just be filming them at the same time or whatever. Um, I mean if they wanted to go back and film more Boba Fett, they could just as easily do that versus like filming um, Mandalorian, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, no, I mean, I think it's still, I, I would not buy that theory just because the plot is moving forward. Like Ming-Na appears in the episode. It, in the last episode, they said they're going to go get him. And then in this episode, she, she gives him the job. Like, I think it was just, they didn't spin the, the stories off as much as uh, we thought they would, you know, like they're still interconnected. Well, in the same vein, you could also argue that uh, one of the episodes, uh, episode two of Book of mm. Boba Fett, you can input that in season two of Mando and it would have somewhat of the same effect because episode yeah, right. two is when he does yeah. the train thing and he, he becomes one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the um, the, the series are just more integrated than than we sus we would have suspected because you know the, the marvel shows they're all really independent but not the, you know book of boba fett and mandalorian are not independent you cannot understand boba fett without 
having seen Mandalorian. And now you can't understand Mandalorian without having seen Boba Fett. So hmm. the, the funny thing is people kept saying, how is it possible that Book of Boba Fett's best episode doesn't have uh, uh, Bo- a Boba Fett? And how is it Mando's best episode? Uh, it's mostly about Boba Fett. I would disagree. I think Mando's hmm. best episode is uh, the Bill Burr episode, arguably. The, the, the prison one or the one on the planet? Uh, the one on the planet. The season okay, two okay. one. Okay, okay. Uh, I have to go look back at that list again and, and figure out which which is my favorite. But I would I would say that this this episode had a lot of strengths in the sense that there was so much world building and so much exploration. I I, I texted um, Carmine and was like, oh, this is this is an episode for you because it was just. You know, do you know the e- the expanded universe? Did you watch <laughs> Rogues and Clone Wars? Well, this episode is for you with the continuity porn, you know? And it was because it was just all about, like, did you watch the other material? We're going to sum it up for you and, and, and let you know that we're paying attention and this all, like, comes together. Um, and which, because there was a lot of exposition. Uh, so... But of course, if you're if you're a big fanboy, you don't mind the exposition so much because you're like, I know that, I know that, I know all this story. This, oh, this is cool, you know. You're not wrong. So I get it. You know, if if you actually think about what happens in the episode, um, I mean, there's some duels, right? Right? Like he fights a guy at the beginning, and then he fights in a duel the other Mandalorian. But for the most part. It actually is kind of a slow episode where not much happens. Um, That's so funny, too, because this episode, it's not like the best episode of, yeah. of Mando ever. But because Book of Boba Fett has been so meh, it's this is a, a, mm-hmm. a mediocre Mando episode that is great as a Boba Fett episode because nothing's happening in Book of Boba Fett. I, I, I will say that it's a long episode and there's a lot of scenes where nothing happens. But yeah. I think it's directed really so Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard directed it and I think it's directed really well and paced really well and edited really well cuz like think about the scene where they 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 build a ship for like 15 minutes of the episode uselessly like they could have just had him buy a ship or they should have could have just said like let's buy a ship and and that would have or let's build a ship and then cut to later but instead he they spend all of this time like, oh, you know, let's get this part. I'm missing this part. Let's show the Mandalorian putting this part on his ship. It really kind of stuff that doesn't advance the plot at all that's useless. But I didn't mind it very much just because it seemed, I don't know, I guess it was edited or directed or paced really well. Um, for, did, did you find that experience or did you think the whole shipbuilding was boring? Uh, the whole shipbuilding. That first off, um, Amy Sedaris. That's the char- that's the woman's name. Yeah, yeah. I hate her character of Polly normally, but here she was fine. The 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 whole thing about her dating a Jawa and how it, how her they're furry and she yeah. makes that tongue thing. Like, I just thought that was. <laughs> I'm really surprised. Like I'm really surprised that I don't find her that annoying. Like isn't that isn't that weird? Like usually when Star Wars does comedy, I roll my eyes and I'm just like that's that's not funny. You know, or it's just it just doesn't seem like it's you don't like the, the line they fly now. They fly now. You don't like you don't think that's no, top I mean, tier? no, or or uh, 
oh, they hate that ship and stuff like that. No, like, I don't think any of those things are funny. I don't think, and you you don't want me to bring up Return of the Jedi's lack of good humor or the Phantom Menace's lack of good humor. Like, you know, a Tarzan yell from Chewbacca as he goes on a, on a, uh, on a, on a rope or. I totally forgot or about that. Three burp jokes, you know, how many burp jokes and fart jokes are in Star Wars? It's really just horrible. Right. Yeah, like, I, yo, you really you know, hate Return of the Jedi. Holy shit. Yeah, I hate I I hate Return <laughs> of the Jedi. I hate it's my least favorite of the of the of, of the nine movies. It's my least favorite. How is that possible compared to Rise of Skywalker? No, I mean I would say Rise of Skywalker I place above um no, 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 no. I don't place that. No, I, I thought you said I thought you were gonna say Last Jedi. I was like, no, Rise of Objectively I understand that that Return of the Jedi is better than Rise of Skywalker, just because <laughs> structurally, that's <laughs> that, like the movie makes no sense. But I think at that point, I had I'd given up already, so I didn't have any. <laughs> oh, no. But like Return of the Jedi for me is so disappointing because the other two are so strong. So it's such a it's such a fall. While Rise of Skywalker is a fall when. When, you know, Last Jedi and Force Awakens and then the prequels had all come out. And so you're just like, oh, God, like how many bad movies in a row can I have? And then it's like, OK, you know, what what am I supposed to do? Um, Return of the Jedi is the first disappointment, which is, I guess, why it stings for me. Um, you know, people are going to be like, what? How do you think they're all disappointments? There's there's two two Star Wars movies that aren't disappointments, and the other. Precedence. Not that bad. No, 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 no. No, I would say that like a lot has to do with expectations. Like Revenge of the Sith. Like w- like when I first saw Attack of the Clones, I was pleasantly surprised because it's so much better than Phantom Menace. And then when you see Revenge of the Sith, and it's so much better than Attack of the Clones, you're you you know you're like oh that's seems pretty good. But really, it's not that great of a movie. But <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves or behind ourselves. I don't know. You asked but why I, why you find her not as annoying. It's one of those things where it's like some people find Dane Cook funny and some people yeah. find him not funny. It's one of those yeah, things. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do like Amy Sedaris. I do. I think um, she had a series called Strangers with Candy, which was hilarious. With Stephen Colbert. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. it's, it was so funny. But... Um, and I do think she's really funny, but I'm just I, I'm really surprised that I don't that that I that she doesn't stick out as much as I thought she would. You know, um, well, the character actually... it, it herself is, is annoying. I'm sure Amy Sedaris is a very fine woman. It's just that character is so just. Uh, yes, we get I mean, it. Did here. you? I laughed yeah. at the Jawa thing. I did. The Jawa thing was funny. And, and, she, and this episode was charming. Is that the first time we've heard about interspecies romance in the Star Wars universe? Uh played off as a joke? No. In Force Awakens... God, I'm such a nerd. In Force Awakens, Maz Kanata um, makes oh, a joke right. about Chewie and how Chewie's her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you're right. And then in yeah. Solo, uh, the robot, Lando's robot. Oh, right. Yeah, Lando has... Uh, okay. Oh, God. Why I suppose I you're right. No, this crap. Uh, anyways, I, I feel as though... This could have been a fine Mando season three episode one premiere, but at the mm. same time, it would not have been because not much happens here. We do get, you're yeah. right, we do get nice exposition for those of us who uh, watch the Clone Wars, 
but at the same time, there's not there's not enough oomph in this episode for it to have been a premiere. So if I was yeah. in charge, I would have done like this as a nice little special that bridges season two and three of Mando. But once again, this is Book of Boba Fett. The best episode of Boba Fett so far is something where he does not appear that's insane. That's hmm. what hmm. is happening. Why is it this character specifically that's getting the shaft? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Um, let's get into it. So I have to admit, the one thing I never, maybe other Star Wars fans will back me up or correct me. When the fuck did the Darksaber become heavy to fight with? What yeah, that's an interesting is... thing. Yeah, I, I mean, like that's, that's new, new right? I... Yeah, that that's definitely has. Well, I mean, I didn't see Clone Wars or, or, or Rebels, but... Um... No one's ever said anything about it like that. They just kind of said, oh, it's a, it's a lightsaber that's black. That's essentially it, yeah. And I don't recall any of the characters who have used it in the cartoon series ever complaining that it's so freaking heavy. So I, I that's new. The fact that he cuts himself or burns himself with it, I, mm. <laughs> that's hilarious. That whole opening <laughs> shot, that whole opening shot is super fucking cool. We, you know, where yeah. he, it, it's like, it reminds me of... Um, one of those mob movies where, you know, how it takes place and then the meat locker and all that stuff. Super cool. Great fight. Um, I like that he's flying coach. Now that he doesn't have his own ship, he's flying coach. That's, and... that's kind of funny, the, like flying commercial. That yeah. It's kind of interesting. Um, and, I mean, there, there were some things that were more subtle and some things that were more explicit. Like, I mean, he straight up says, like, I'm going to... I, I, you know, I want to do this for Grogu and stuff like this. But, like, for instance, you know, like the Rodillion kid like looking at him and like you know you know that he must be thinking about baby yoda when he sees that kid and it's you know it's unsaid but then but then right after it he like stares at his little chainmail thing that he built and it looks like yoda and you're like okay yeah we get it he's thinking about the kid you know um yeah i mean it's kind of this long scene like when he gave up his weapons i was like oh they're definitely going to steal some of his weapons and then he comes, he gets off, and he takes him out, and no, all of his weapons are there. <laughs> like, it's, it's a lot of weird, like, what was the entire point of him flying commercial? What I guess was just to see that kid and feel sad. Um, you did, you made to make a great point, though. Like, there's a lot of scenes where it's just like, they, they, they're unnecessary scenes, but once again, yeah. just, this is... I'm so glad to see Mando, I just don't care. Like, yes, this is Yeah, this I mean, is they fine. had some... If that's what I'm saying. It's it's a and and it I, I guess it was well paced or maybe I was in the uh, the right mood. But it's like yeah, this these scenes of him walking across rooms and like taking elevators. You know, there was a, you know a kind of funny scene where the alien looks at him in the elevator and then like pretends it's not looking and stuff like that. But not much is really going on um, until you know everything is essentially just in in the basement of the of the ring world right where he's talking to the last two survivors of his religious sect um and then he gets in trouble with them because he took off his helmet (laughs) (laughs) that's so stupid that's so dumb uh i I love how we still have the motif of no um no railings yeah yeah yeah. okay whatever (laughs) um but uh once again I, i i i find it hilarious that uh, even in the future, you know, a, a hired assassin has to take the bus to work. That's I love stuff like that. That's great. Um, I was wondering, I've always wondered this. If I was in the Star Wars universe and I have my own ship, and if I go mm. voom and I just am flying around doing whatever, 
and I'm, I fly too close to a commercial airliner, will the cops pull me over? And they do. That's, that's, I love that. That like the X-Wings come in here, you know, let me see your license and registration. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, for some reason, Tatooine has all of this police presence. Like they're not, they're not down on the planet dealing with all those mob bosses, but they're apparently they're apparently writing people parking tickets, speeding tickets up in space. That's a very so. good point. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I want to go back for a minute to Book of Boba Fett episode one. So you know how, mm. you know how Boba Fett's walking down. I don't, I don't think we mentioned this. I'm surprised you didn't mention this because you're very nitpicky about this type of stuff. So you know how. Boba is walking out of the casino. He's walking down the street, and those guys in red jump him and have the shield and the, the, the taser thing, and they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Sur- surrounding him. Someone pointed this out. What well, doesn't make any fucking sense about that scene? Why doesn't he just use his jetpack to fly up? Does Does he have any fuel? <laughs> oh, come on, you're gonna go out. You're gonna go out. You have a you're a, you're a bounty hunter. You. you Wait, wait, come on. Really? You're a bounty hunter and you dude, use your jetpack. It's one of your main things. You're going to go out and not have fuel? Uh, I mean I mean there's a lot of things that don't make sense. For instance, he he says at the beginning, he says in the last episode that he has plenty of credits. And it's like wouldn't you buy security like first thing? Like first <laughs> thing, wouldn't you buy a bunch of security rather than going around town trying to get your 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 money? Like before, well, I mean, I guess maybe he didn't have the money then. Maybe he needed to collect his money and then and then buy the security. But uh, there, there wasn't there wasn't anything like lying around in Jabba's palace or from 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 Bib Fortuna's leftover money. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how anything works with with regards to to purchasing in in the Star Wars universe. None of it really uh, seems to fit. But. I would assume yeah. I would assume Bobo would just use his jetpack and just fly up and just shoot those guys or or, or blow them out of the like just just at least. But I I just wanted to to point that out how this show is just really not well thought out. I feel like it's kind of like some somewhat of a motif for Star Wars. A lot of the Star Wars content in the mm. Disney era, a lot of it was wasn't really thought out. Like who who looked at any of this and thought it was a good idea? And once again, a Mando episode in the middle of Book of Boba Fett. That's ballsy. Not that ballsy. it's ballsy. It, not that it's bad, but it, it's it's ballsy. I I really ex- I expected Boba Fett to at least like make an appearance later, but he never did. You know, like he sends Ming Na Wen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that the. It's weird because it's not just like an episode that has, that has, not that doesn't have Boba Fett in it. It's an episode that doesn't have much of the Boba Fett plot in it until the very end. Like they're dealing with plot threads and motifs from Mandalorian. Like you're not even you're not even addressing this isn't Mandalor this isn't Mando in like special guest star in, you know, a book of Boba Fett episode. Like this isn't when like Buffy makes an appearance in Angel or Angel makes an appearance in Buffy because they're they're dealing with each other's plots at that point. This was mm-hmm. Mando dealing with Mandalorian plot. Like, with with only a tiny little bit of Boba Fett at the very end. Hmm. Him wanting to see Grogu again, like so soon after you uh, sent him off. Okay, he got rid. He gets rid of the spear, which that was bullshit. Uh, she go the the armorer. She says, you yeah. know, we we use the Beskar for armor, not for what. Really, really. Mm, okay, like somebody, somebody, somebody made that spear. Like somebody, 
somebody that could craft, you know, right? Because that crafting ability is like hers, and I imagine only a select few yes. Mandalorians could do it. It's like Tobo so, Mod from, from, from Ice and Fire. Like, only some right. people can, you know, yeah. Right. So clearly, she, like, clearly somebody with that specialized ability made that spear. And then did it seem did it seem like that spear should have made a lot more armor than it <laughs> yes, did? Yes, yes, a lot more. <laughs> like, like that I mean, was that spear hollow? I have no idea, but I it's Beskar, it, so. Right. Maybe it was hollow to make it light. And and so when they melted it down, it became very little in, in terms of of how much because it's not very much not very much metal. I mean, he had that tiny little handkerchief filled with whatever the chainmail. I mean, he, he needs a helmet, right? He needs a helmet. I I guess. Uh, Baby Yoda helmet. They're <laughs> they're probably working on the designs. More merchandise to sell. Uh, there's one thing I liked about this episode, and that's um, we finally see the Empire as an evil, tyrannical empire because normally the empire is just bumbling boo let's chase on solo and oh no we're being defeated by teddy bears we never really see the empire on screen at least as like an evil tyrannical oh my god they just committed genocide on people with the exception of the death star blowing up alderaan of course that i'm talking about other instances besides that one thing and here um it's not that they really committed genocide on Mandalore. Mandalore has had so many wars that the surface of their planet is so, like, filled with radiation. So they live in dome cities. But to see, like, those TIE bombers that, like, just fill the skies, destroying those cities, and then sending in the, the Imperial droids with the, the, the probe droids as well, just searching for survivors and killing them off. Um, crazy stuff. That stuff I like to see, and I wish we got to see more of in the original trilogy as well. So the domed the domed cities were already because of radiation and other and other horrible stuff. So it was sort of the, the empire was just adding insult to the injury of of Mandalorian history. Yeah, yeah. The um, she she was the first one to point out the ridiculousness of of as as much as people talk about the empire, it only existed for thirty years. <laughs> I don't even know if it was thirty. It was like twenty five, right? <laughs> like 25 years the empire <laughs> lasted at least one more year after um at least a, a year or two after return of the jedi uh mm-hmm. battle of endor mm-hmm. so uh, yeah yeah 25. i mean that's another thing that that's another thing that i that i another nitpick that i hate about return of the jedi is that <laughs> especially special edition but the uh so in the battle they they, they destroy the super star destroyer and they destroy the the death star but they specifically had like an entire fleet of star destroyers surrounding the battle to prevent anyone from escaping and no one ever dealt with them and it always pissed me off that those star destroyers were never dealt with like they just even though they had the superior position they just all surrendered or something you know? i think like, i think it's answered in the book it's one of the first star wars books that came out in the disney era uh, Lost Stars, which is basically, I think you'd like this. This is what they should have adapted, personal opinion. Lost Stars is about these two lovebirds, um, and the guy is on the rebel side and the girl's on the imperial side. And I think what happens at the Battle of Endor is that when the, the Death Star explodes, because it's so big, lots of debris just fly all over the place in all directions. 
And right, right. I think they, a lot they, of it... They talk about like the, the, the slaughter of the death of so many um, uh, Ewoks because of uh, the raining, the Death Star raining down upon their planet. I, I think they explain that too, where the X-Wings go and like destroy debris coming down Endor, where the, the Ewoks and Han Solo... And yeah, yeah <laughs> That's my head canon, at least. That's how. That's how I. Uh, that's how I, like I get how rid of every that. every plot hole gets its own like expanded universe book <laughs> <laughs> to deal with it. Like I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a book on or some explanation on how Bib Fortuna and and uh, Max Rebo like <laughs> escaped Jabba's barge. You know, I'm sure that's already written. You you did want the books of Mac, Max Rebo, so you might be getting that. <laughs> The Book of Max Rebo. Yes. <laughs> do, do, do. I will say, though, this... I do love the... I, the guy who does Mando and, and, and Boba Fett's themes, he's mm. doing a great job. Like, every time I, I, I hear the Book of Boba Fett theme, even though I know I'm probably going to watch crap, I still get hype regardless because of that fucking guy. He's doing a good job. Give him a raise. I still love that. Do you think now because um, Mando is just kind of looks is cooler than Boba Fett that now he's like upstaged him. Oh, well, like, 110%. Yeah. Oh god. Like Mando Mando obviously was just like a clone of Boba Fett, right? We had this like idea of Boba Fett and then they just kind of made something that was him, right? Mm-hmm. And then they they did Boba Fett too well and now like when they actually have the real Boba Fett, he's he's just second fiddle to him. This is what happens when you you take a character who's mysterious, and that's the entire lore of the character, yeah. and then you give the motherfucker a backstory. You always you always talk about it. You say uh, how Han Solo. We didn't need to know his backstory, but they shoved yeah. it in there anyways because fuck it, I guess. And and Solo, I have a question for the people who keep jerking off Book of Boba Fett. Why do you guys love it so much? Is it because you guys are trying to be contrarians to the people who? don't like it like when when people say i love solo give us a solo sequel why it, I, i'm not saying solo was was terrible because the people who no, are solo solo solo's an okay movie it's it an okay, okay movie yeah. it's it's very middle of the road mediocre and yeah. once again the people who hate solo are those like weirdo incel neck beards who you know don't like the female shit and SJW, I mean, whatever isn't that kind of weird that weird weirdly just solo may be the third best star wars movie <laughs> <laughs> like, let's not get crazy preston but <laughs> i mean I, it doesn't have the epicness of of the other ones but you know when i when i think of you know it's there's not that many cringeworthy scenes like the plot makes sense for the most part you know they didn't do anything too ridiculous i don't know it's fine it's fine <laughs> it's fine it's fine uh but no like the incel neckbeards hate Solo for, like, the social justice warrior aspect they think is in the film. And people are saying oh, they... Of the droid, because of the droid thing? I have no... Dude, like, I, you think I... I, would, yeah, I have no I, idea. I this know. is just... I don't know. These people are out it's, of their minds. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the internet. And um, it's, it's... Yeah. There, there, there are things that sometimes I don't realize um, are such a bad problem until it hits me directly on the internet and I'm like, Oh my God. And so like, when I'm just like, Oh, is, is, is the world really filled with a bunch of sexist neck beards, like complaining about everything. And then I, I mention something, uh, you know, about them and then they come out of the woodwork and, and I'm like, <laughs> Oh no, they, Oh, they, they exist. Never mind. They 110% <laughs> exist. Yeah, but, but yeah. I always see star Wars fans defending solo 
and Book of Boba Fett. And, like, why are you saying? Are you just trying to be a contrarian to those those weirdo neckbeards? Like, why are you? Like, it's really not that great. Yeah. No, and and neither neither series is that great. Both series are. Look, they, they've got they've got really great music. They've got really good special effects for a TV show. They have, um, you know, really good sets. Uh, they've spent a lot of time on lore and world building. All of these things are, are very positive. Um, I think that both series have a real problem with pacing and like having a goal and climax that the characters are working towards. I think that's like the the primary thing is that like structurally they they have a real storytelling problem both series um, where you're not sure where where everything is what you know how things are building and and where the climax is and what the resolution is supposed to look like it's just uh, um, kind of dabbling. I find know. it so weird that you think Mando season two is not that I I love Mando season two and that's might be because. They were really like betting on like people like me who saw all this like extra content, like liking it, like mm-hmm. with Ahsoka and you know Luke yeah. and all this. I, this is so cool. Bo Katan. I'm still fanboying. I, I I thought season two was great. I thought season right. two was really cool. Yeah, but so there's you know there's two types of series in the world. There's there's episodic series and then there's arc series, right? And then you know there there's some that are blended like. Deep Space Nine, where some episodes are episodic and then some episodes contribute towards the arc, right? And so the arc series is, you know, you have to have, there's still a sort of season thematic plot that things are heading towards and each event kind of leads towards that big end in in pieces. And then episodic series is, you know, you have to have like something special that, that, that makes that con- that particular episode come together. So when you talk, think about like Next Generation or even Friends or Seinfeld, you know, usually you have one piece of plot that like holds everything together. Oh, the Enterprise went to a planet and on their planet, there's no differentiation between men and women. You know, like the, there's there's no genders and no sexes. And Riker ends up falling in love with somebody and it's a problem. You know, like there's usually something like that, right? There's a problem. The characters have to find a resolution, things like this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Or it's arc where the whole season is building towards something. You know, when you take the the wire, it's not like I can take a particular episode and be like, oh, in episode four, uh, this happened because the whole, everything is happening all kind of at once and it's, you know, in an arc. So Boba Fett and Mandalorian, they're kind of episodic, like somewhat, like sometimes Mando goes to a new planet, you know, but there's, there's not really a novel. There's often, I don't know, is there really a novel like idea um, on each planet or, or a plot that, that, needs to be resolved. I mean, we kind of know that there's like the Ahsoka episode, right? But I can't really remember. Ahsoka's episode was there was some evil guy on a planet that needed to be killed. Yes, uh, the oh. evil woman who works for another character that'll be in Ahsoka's spit-off series. <laughs> right. And and they um I'm trying to remember, you know, he goes to the planet and defends it against uh you know, the, the, they have an they have an ATST. That was in season 1. Out. Yeah, or but you know, it's it's more of um, monster of the week 
kind of plot, which was, uh, you know, kind of early Smallville or or early Buffy is Monster of the Week. You know, that, that's kind of the structure of, of or at least first season of Mandalorian where, you know, he gets called into a job and then he has to deal with the job. But the but there's nothing really uniquely special about each of his jobs. You know, there's there's no like it's not like next generation where there's some higher concept to that we have to question our own um morality or or you know society about it's just mando mando has to defeat some people and then he goes to another planet and mando has to defeat some people um so but at least that's something i'm now i'm thinking about boba fett and i'm like what's the what's the episode to episode plots like he's <laughs> you gotta think on it yeah i do i'm like okay in the first two episodes he lives with the tuscan raiders and then they get killed in the four in the modern episodes he's collecting money and then he and then the huts come to town and then it leave immediately and then you find out some people want to take his spice trade you know, like each episode isn't necessarily unique where I'm like, oh, in this episode, Mandalorian needs to defeat these people or he has to cut, he has to overcome a problem. But at the same time, it's not arc like it doesn't feel like it's building anywhere. So. Yeah, I, th- I think that might structurally be the, be the problem. <laughs> Screen Crush um, made a great point. Um, they had a video recently as to why the flashbacks in Book of Boba Fett doesn't work. Yeah, I, I watched it. Yeah. You watched it too? So for the audience uh, who didn't watch it, um, basically Screen Crush was saying how uh, Godfather Part 2, that's what he uses, which, by the way, my favorite Godfather film, um, mm. is basically... You mean it's not Godfather Part 3? <laughs> it's never Godfather Part 3. <laughs> Uh, no one, no one's is part three. <laughs> in, in part two, we kind of see the rise of his father Vito in flashbacks, but we see, in a sense, Michael's downfall as he starts losing, you know, his family and and you know, his his yeah. crime organization is going down a little bit. So so as the flashbacks, you know, it's Vito rising up, Michael's kind of coming down. With Boca Boba Fett, it's it's the flashback and it's Boba rising up at the same time like uh yeah there's no rhyme there yeah godfather 2 is prequel and sequel together and and like the two stories you know have parallels and like one one feeds the other and in what you know you know and the information in the in the in the prequel affects the information in the sequel and things Mm -hmm. like that um but yeah i don't i don't know what they're doing with the flashbacks you know, like I said, like you, we don't really I think they said, you know, I, he made the same point in this in this in the screen crush thing about how he lives with the Tuscan Raiders for literally years. Right. Years. But it feels like he's with them for like a week. Yeah. You know, and it's like, how is he changed and how is he different having been with them for years? Like, I honestly expected him to take a Tuscan Raider wife. And I feel like had this not been Disney, uh, they uh, might have done that. But yeah. no, like him taking a Tuscan Raider wife or adopting a kid or something, a Tuscan Raider kid, I, I guess yeah. that would have given it more of a, uh, a oomph to it. But it's just you could argue it's just Boba. He He's pissed because he finally found his tribe and they were destroyed. So, OK. Yeah. Mm. Now, how cool would have that 
would it have been had they structured the entire season, the entire season, um, with plot one is him living among the Tuscan Raiders, and there's a Tuscan Raider plot that goes the entire season, and then plot two is he's dealing with the modern world, and and it goes the entire season, and so when you get to the final episode, you know the the culmination of his experiences with with the the Tuscan Raiders and and how he leaves the Tuscan Raiders like is happening in parallel to the climax of him fighting the mob bosses on on the on the planet like that would have been like I just just be like just describe it like just like man had they structured the whole thing like Godfather two <laughs> what didn't we think that's where it was gonna go like didn't we, we think that was gonna we happen? did. We definitely did. I thought, I mean, I definitely thought he was going to be living with the Tuscan Raiders for many more episodes. And, and, and then you could save other stuff. Like you didn't need to blow it all at once. Like I need, like, like we didn't need to find out why, like how, you know, everything that happened in the past few years by, by episode four, like we didn't need everything, but he, they explained everything. We finally have no flashbacks and, Boom! No bubbles. <laughs> right. This is this is a this is a train wreck of a show. Holy shit! It's funny the um. So you know, last week uh, I was I was complaining about Luke murdering everybody on Java's barge, <laughs> and I got some some messages from people that are like, "Dude, like they were all criminals, and they came to like witness an execution." And I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, haven't you ever gone to a, like a party? where you're curious like maybe you're there to schmooze maybe you didn't know you know like a lot of people a lot of people end up in different places you know and also everybody's like oh they must have been criminals oh that makes it okay for for luke to be judge jury and executioner for these hundreds of people that are on java's barge no he murdered a bunch of people and his whole thing of oh i'm so moral (laughs) is i warned java and i was like I, i was like release us or you die like it wasn't everybody else's choice. That was Jabba's choice. Like, you know, it, it it's really kind of morally fucked up. <laughs> Guys, stop fucking with Preston in the comment section. You, you're not going to win. Like you, you're not just stopping. You're not going to win. <laughs> He's thought this out. He's thought, I've thought these things out. <laughs> like Luke Skywalker is a maniac. It's a maniac. <laughs> He's a menace. He's a criminal. Oh God! Uh, but yeah, let's just back. Well, so let's wrap up Book of Boba Fett. This um, okay. once again, uh, as a normal Mando episode, this would be just meh. But as a Book of Boba Fett episode, it's the best episode. <laughs> it's the best episode. That's all I, you have to say about it. I it's, think we we have to remember how like I think we both really liked episode two. So I'm forgetting. I mean, I'd have to rewatch episode two, but but. You know, I did like episode two when I watched it. So I'm not sure if I like this one more, but. You liked episode two because stuff happens. They raid the train. Mm. Like the like stuff is yeah. going on, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and everything else. No, I, ironically, that's the one episode not directed by uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez. So, yeah, there you go. Right. No, I mean, it's funny that I was like, because I don't think Bryce Dallas Howard has has. um directed that much before but this this episode she did a really she did a really good job she's I mean, a good director it's ron, it's ron howard's daughter ron howard being a pretty i mean 
he's a as they say utility director he like knows his he knows his shit he's not doing anything like super creative but he knows how to fucking direct a movie you know uh can we wrap it up by the way all right sounds good guys thank you so much for joining us on this episode of once again book of boba fett slash mandalorian season three episode zero we will see you next time for episode six i'm still surprised we're we're not on like we're not done with this yet i feel like we should be we should have been done with this a while ago but it's such a slow burn holy shit um We will see you guys next time for episode six and uh, yeah, uh, take it easy.